this morning we're inviting up four students who are a part of a, a program, a, an internship, uh, this summer through the Great Plains Uni uh, United Methodist Conference. And they are, they just started meeting last week. And through the next month, they're going to be visiting and speaking in churches all across Nebraska and Kansas in our Great Plains Conference. And then in, in about a month from now, they're going to be headed to Washington, D.C., and they're going to share a little bit more about that. Uh, and so I want to introduce uh, Eric, Abby, Wendy, and Jeremiah. They'll introduce themselves as they come forward. But I also want to say that uh, they are led by a friend of mine and a colleague United Methodist clergy person and former pastor here at Faith Westwood, Carol Windrum. Will you greet us here, Carol? Thank you. So let, let's pray. Oh God, we ask that you will speak to our minds and hearts today and challenge us beyond just sort of thinking about faith in terms of what is what's in it for me and making my life better but Lord to see the bigger picture of your kingdom uh, and its impact on the world so Lord we we ask you uh, today we will hear that and you will bless these students empower them uh, for the message you've given them to share to us today we pray in Jesus name amen What does the Lord require for praise and offering? What sacrifice, desire, or tribute bid you bring? Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. I invite you to keep those words in mind as we spend our time together this morning in communion with God and with each other. Good morning. We are so grateful to be here with you today. We are representatives of MICA Corps, which is a summer youth internship sponsored by the Great Plains Conference. We are a group of students that spend our summer traveling around the conference and beyond to learn about different social justice issues and work toward finding solutions. Over the course of the 10-week internship, we learn from experts, spend time with many congregations, and even get to go to Washington, D.C to visit Kansas and Nebraska's senators and the general board of church and society. We are four of 12 total interns. The other eight are visiting different churches this morning. I'm gonna go ahead and let my teammates that are present introduce themselves and share where they're from. Good morning. My name is Eric Muyum. I'm originally from Congo in Africa, but currently I live in Wisconsin. My name is Wendy Harris, and I am from Wichita, Kansas. Good morning, and God bless you. My name is Jeremiah. I'm from New York, the Bronx, New York. And I am Abby Franks. I am from Mulvane, Kansas. We are all a part of MICA Corps because we felt the call to do more in our lives, to seek justice as the Bible commands. I'm going to hand you over to Eric and let him explain why we do what we do. Good morning once again. Today I'm going to be 
telling you about MICA Court and why it's called MICA Court. Well, the MICA Court program is based up on MICA 6.8. It reads, He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. The last part, do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. That's what the Micah Court focusing about. That's what Micah Court, that's what we've been doing the whole this summer. So um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Prophet Micah. The name Micah is short for Micaiah, meaning who is like Yahweh, who's like God. His parents gave him this name to say that the name described God's wonderful character. Isn't that great? Micah was born and lived in a small village of Morshef, not far from the city of Gath, southwest of Judah. He prophesied during the reign of King Jotham of Judah, and his message was a mixture of denunciation and prophecy. It was, direct, it was directed mainly toward Jerusalem. He prophesied about the destruction of both Samaria and Jerusalem. He rebuked the people of Judah for dishonesty and idolatry. He also prophesied about the restoration of Judean states. Not only that, he prophesies about the upcoming of the Messiah who will be born in Bethlehem. Micah was, the, was a contemporary of Isaiah. He was considered to be one of the 12 minor prophets. And by minor, I don't mean less important. It means just short when, when you see books. It says that no writer in the entire Old Testament was more resentful than Micah over the ways in which rich and powerful use every opportunity to exploit the poor and weak. Micah was involved in so many social activities and which gave us this inspiration to pick up from where he left and move forward. So before I go, I'm just going to leave you with this passage, Micah 6, 8. Do justice love kindness, and walk humbly with God. That's a wonderful verse. Micah, sharing God's word with us. It's so simple, but it can also be hard to grasp. In this verse, God tells us to do justice. Obviously, justice is very important to God, as the Hebrew word for justice appears over 200 times in the Old Testament alone. Because of this, we know that justice is important and that it's something that God desires for us. But what exactly is justice? According to the Oxford Dictionary, justice is the quality of being fair and reasonable. I enjoy this definition because when I think of justice, I think of equity and security. Of course, I am no expert, and we all have our personal definitions of justice. One solid guide on developing that definition is the United Methodist Social Principles. 
If you have never had an opportunity to look at these, I really encourage you to do so. It is a great guide for living our lives and serving God. In the social principles, it reads that we as a denomination denounce as immoral an ordering of life that perpetuates injustice and, and impedes the pursuit of peace. Peoples and nations feel secure in the world community when law, order, and human rights are respected and upheld. It goes on to say that we reaffirm our historic concern for the world as our parish and seek for all persons and peoples full and equal membership in a truly world community. The world as our parish. Full and equal membership in a world community. These are powerful words that we have adopted as our guide. Holding the expectation that every man, woman, and child shall hold full and equal membership in our world. Doesn't that sound awesome? <laughs> They're solid goals for sure. We're not there yet, but we are working towards it. One way that our conference contributes to that is through our Mercy and Justice Ministries. Micah Corps is a part of that and was shaped to be a ministry of justice. We work toward justice by learning about the injustice in the world and sharing that knowledge with our brothers and sisters in Christ. To do this, we divide into teams of two and focus our time and energy on one specific topic throughout the summer. My focus area is human trafficking, which is a growing industry in the US and worldwide. Last year, over 5,500 cases of human trafficking were reported to just one hotline in the U.S. Another pair is educating themselves on immigration and the broken system that causes people to spend years in turmoil in pursuit of a green card and keeps others from even applying for lawful residence. One pair is learning about the death penalty and all the social, personal and economic consequences of the penalty and of its abolishment. Others still are studying peace and nonviolence and how to address the world's problems in a productive and safe way. Some are learning about the environment and how to create sustainable processes that protect the Lord's world that we are blessed enough to live in. One more group is making discovers about, discoveries about poverty and food security, which is a problem that impacts nearly 15% of Nebraskans and 20% of Americans. All of these topics represent problems in our society that need to be addressed, despite their heavy weight or the controversy that comes with some of them. Advocating for justice can be trying, it can be difficult, and it can be painful. Sometimes we have to flip tables and make people uncomfortable, like Jesus did in the book of Matthew, if we want to restore godly justice on earth.
This summer, we will visit churches throughout Nebraska and Kansas. We will facilitate discussions on our topic areas and share the information that we have learned. As we study and facilitate our various topics, loving kindness remains a focus in our group. In Micah 6.8, we are called to love kindness. This not only pertains to the Micah core, but it pertains to us as Christians. We have heavy discussions about our various topics in our greatly diverse group. This results in differing opinions. This is one of our strengths. As we talk through these opinions and discussions, there are a few things we keep in mind pertaining to loving kindness. We focus on our thoughts, actions, and life decisions. In our thoughts, we affirm hope. Ephesians 4:15 and 16 states that we should speak the love, the truth in love, to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. While participating in discussions, we speak with love, and by doing so, we are able to become the mature body of Christ. As we become this body, we support one another, grow and build together. As the microcore builds each other up, we become a part of the body of Christ. We are then able to use these tools in our everyday lives and in other organizations. Throughout our discussions and moments in life, there will be disagreements. Disagreements are good, hope-filled, and can lead to growth. God is with us as we discuss, learn, and grow. We respect others' opinions and interact in such a way so that we can learn from these discussions. In our actions, we are aware of being quick to listen. In James 1.19 and Proverbs 18.13, it says that to answer before listening is a folly and shame, and also that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We oftentimes forget these instructions for discussions and working together. As I wrote and practiced reading my portion of our sermon this morning, I seem to always forget the words of wisdom, slow to speak, pertaining to public speaking but I think I'm slowly getting the hang of it. It is important to keep this in mind because if we do these things, listen and be slow to speak, it can lead to positive growth and work, which is what the Micah Core is after. In our life and choices, we should strive to be steadfast in love. In Colossians 3:12 and 14, it says that we, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. By keeping steadfast love in our life, we are able to have positive interactions and to have eyes to see others as God sees us. And in doing so, we must walk humbly or prudently with or before our God. A lifestyle that imitates Jesus in prayer is a lifestyle that is pleasing to our loving and intimate God, who we call Abba, Father. All throughout the summer, we interns will be exploring different ways to pray. Three of those, three of those are, one, Lectural Divina, two, the Labyrinth, and three, the Centering Prayer. Before diving into the three prayer practices, 
my personal preference in being intimate with God is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. And it reads, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. How beautiful and satisfying it is when we confront scripture that confirms our identity as children of God. The first prayer, the first prayer, I, the first prayer practice I want to share with you all is one, Lectio Divina. In Latin, Lectio Divina is translated into divine reading or spiritual reading. There are four components to help us understand and actively live out the Lectio Divina. There are Lectio, Lection, reading the Bible passage gently and slowly three times. Meditatio, which is translated into meditation. Reflecting on the text of the passage and thinking about how it applies to one's own life. Oratio, oration, responding to the passage by opening the heart of God. Contemplatio, contemplation, listening to God. In other words, allowing the Holy Spirit to open our mind, heart, and soul to the influence of God. Two, the labyrinth. The labyrinth is a prayer method that has been used for almost 4,000 years by different cultures and religions. The labyrinth is used in many ways. However, the labyrinth is encouraged to focus on God by relaxing or easing our minds by walking through the labyrinth in a circular motion. It is a method used to help those who are having trouble praying in a still position. Last but not least, the censoring prayer. Out of all three prayer methods, the censoring prayer can be a bit challenged for some of us. The censoring prayer is a contemplative prayer. It is a prayer that involves us to one, be still, two, emptying, emptying our minds. In other words, quieting the thoughts that distract us from hearing the word of God. And three, meditating on those thoughts that are, be, that are being retrieved. So with that being said, my brother from another mother, Eric, will conclude us with the benediction. God bless you. All right, now you've learned what we'll be doing and what we've been doing. So I just wanna say thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity. Thank you so much for letting us do this. The MICA Corps wouldn't happen without the contribution of local churches, including this church, the Faith Westwood Church. Again, thank you so much. If you're interested in our activities, please follow us on Facebook, subscribe, and like our page as we continue our journey toward social justice. To conclude, I, wanna, I want us to read a lyrics to a song. It's hymn 441. We're only going to read the first verse. Please read with me. And I'll give you time to find a song.
Let's read. What does the Lord require for praise and offering? What sacrifice desired or tribute be do you bring? Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God. Thank you. And uh, I want you to know that after the service, uh, they'll be out in the foyer. You'll get a chance to greet them and speak to them and maybe ask them a few questions about what they're doing and what they're learning. Um, and I've also found out that they're going to be, they're going to come Tuesday night to, uh, to hear Shane Claiborne. So, uh, they, so they're excited about getting to hear him too. Uh, this morning, we had the opportunity to share the meal of the kingdom, uh, Holy Communion. Jesus invites us, and I want you to know you don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be a member of any church. Just come ready to turn away from your sins and turn to Christ and receive the grace and life that he has for you. And uh, to begin, I'm going to open with a, a prayer of confession and then offer some time of silence for each one of us to name our sins before God, to to, to name them and repent of them and plead for, ask for God's uh, forgiveness, which he will give. Let's pray. Oh, dear God, we confess that we are sinners and we have sinned. We have sinned by what we have done and sometimes we sin by what we have not done. Lord, we can look back and remember times when other loves have taken over instead of loving you. We remember times when we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. And so, Lord, we, we just want to say that we're sorry and we repent and we ask that you will forgive us and fill us with your new life through the power of Jesus Christ. Now each one of us will name silently our own sins before you. by the grace of God and in the name of Jesus Christ we are forgiven Jesus we remember that before you went to the cross you had a meal with your disciples and at one point you took the bread and you gave thanks and you broke it and you gave it to them and said this is my body given for you And do this and remember me. And Jesus, you also took the cup, you gave thanks, and you gave it to them and said, this is my blood of the new covenant. It is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Every time you drink of this, remember me. 
And so, Lord Jesus, today we remember you. We also want to experience you. We want to use our senses to encounter the sight, the, the, the taste, the smell, the, the touch of the bread and the cup. And so, Lord, we pray that you will pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, pour out your Holy Spirit upon these gifts of bread and the fruit of the vine, that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ, your presence made real to us. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm going to ask our servers now. It looks like they've come to prepare. And while they do that, let me tell you a little bit about how communion will flow here today. There will be a pair of servers in front of each of the four sections.